All right, and we are live. Sorry about that, guys. Can you hear me? Jen, if you're there, can you hear me? And can you see me? All right, great. Good evening, guys, and welcome to the Hong Kong Contract Show here at Alternative Healthcare Career Group. This is your host, Bert Devera, and tonight we have a great topic, guys. I will talk to you about the beginner's guide on how to start your own business. So if you're here tonight, say hi. I want to know where you're from. I want to know your name. Um, comment on the uh, comment section if you have any questions about how to start your own business. So a lot of us are in this group, Alternative Healthcare Career Group, because you're probably tired of being a therapist. You're tired of clucking in, clucking out, putting up with the productivity, putting up with extra time you have to put in doing documentation or just out of work. Maybe you got furloughed, maybe you got laid off, and you just don't know what to do next, right? And you're thinking about, crap, what kind of business am I going to start? Or rather, maybe you're asking yourself, how do I even start, you know, doing the business? Where do I start? What are the types of business, you know, and, and which one do I do? Okay, so this show is for you guys. I'm going to go down to the basics of starting a business as a beginner. So if you already have your own business, this is probably not for you. But if you don't have any business yet and you're thinking about it, whether you're thinking of any kind of business, it doesn't have to be home health contract, any kind of business, this will benefit you guys and it will help you understand what it takes to start a business. All right. So in a little bit, I'm going to share with you some slides and then I'm going to further elaborate you know, the types of the business and all that stuff, but feel free to ask me any questions. And without further ado, I will go ahead and start with this show. Here we go. I'm going to go ahead and start my uh, slides here. So I'm going to start here. Okay. Share screen. And application, and boom, and here we go. All right. Okay. Looks like you can see my screen. Um, Jennifer, can you see my screen? Yeah? If you can uh, send me a, a text real quick, because all I'm seeing is my screen right now, Jen. That would be great. Okay. Okay, so why even bother starting your own business, okay? If you're a therapist, you're a PT, PTA, you're an OT, OTA, or SLP, and you're thinking of starting your own business, the first question is why? Why even bother, right? Uh, maybe you got furloughed, maybe you got laid off, maybe you're just, like I said, sick and tired of being a therapist. That's why you're trying to think of any sort of business that you can start and maybe start making money, right? But here's the thing. If you, if you don't have a business right now and you're thinking of starting one and your main source of income is just your job, then you need to understand the cash flow quadrant, okay? I'm going to hammer on this, guys. I've explained this in my past shows, but the cash flow, Cash flow quadrant is very, very important to understand, okay? There are four ways to produce income. So letter E stands for being an employee, okay? If you have a job right now, you're in this quadrant, okay? That means you put in the time, you clock in, and you make money, okay? And then at the bottom of the E quadrant, you have your S quadrant, which is your self-employed quadrant. You own a job, meaning you're not working for someone, but you're working for yourself. Either you're doing telehealth, pelvic health, or whatever type of uh, cash-based business. However, you're still doing the work. If you stop doing the work, if you stop seeing patients, that means you don't get money. So that's self-employed. Now, as a business owner on the B quadrant, on the top right, okay, you own a system, meaning you can create revenue, you still make money even if you decide not to work, okay? As a business owner, you have two options. Do some of the work, make money, or not work and still make money, okay? 
And the last of the cash flow quadrant is the investor quadrant where you own investments. Let's say you have money that's laying around instead of putting it on a savings account, which earns 0.01%, right? Guess what? Inflation is about 2%. So if you have 100,000 in the banks in your savings account, just not touching it, even if you don't touch it, it's going to lose its value just because of inflation. Because inflation rate is higher than the uh, interest rate in your savings account. So think again, if you have that money in your savings account, should you leave it there? No, I say you invest it. Okay. All right, guys. So that's your cash flow quadrant um, on a quick recap. Employee, self-employed, business owner, investor quadrant. Okay. If you don't have a business, that means you don't have a plan B. Okay. A lot of our colleagues realize they don't, they don't have a plan B. When they got furloughed, they got laid off, and they didn't have any business on the side or any other source of income, they realize, gosh, I didn't have any plan B. What's going to happen? What's going to happen to my student loans? What's going to happen to you know, the bills I have to pay? Yes, there's unemployment, but it can only go so far, right? So if you don't have a business, you don't have a plan B. Do you want to stay like that? Do you want to keep putting your eggs in one basket? Okay. If you have a job and that's all your source of income, believe it or not, you are putting your egg in one basket. And that's very risky. That's a high risk proposition. That's a high risk situation to be in because at any moment your job can disappear. I mean, it can get, you can get furloughed, you can get laid off. It's very possible. We've seen it, right? So think again. I'm saying this not to discourage you, not to scare you, but to tell you the truth, right? If you don't have any plan B, if you don't have any source of income besides your job, you are 100% putting your egg in one basket. You're risking it, all right? What happens, like I said, if you lose your job? Think about that. All right. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and jump into the different types of business structures. Okay. For those of you who think that there's 500 types of business structures because you've heard of Fortune 500, right? <laughs> think again. There's only actually four types. Okay. There's only four main types of entities. So this is the time to write it down. If you have your pen and your paper, guys, I want you to understand this real quickly. And pick which one would best benefit you should you start your own business. Okay? We're going to go ahead and jump. Okay. Um, first type, sole proprietorship. Sole proprietorship, obviously, meaning you're by yourself. You can get a DBA. DBA stands for doing business as, A-S. Doing business as. You can go to the county and apply for a business name. And on that form, you have to check whether it's sole proprietorship or whether it's the other types of business structures, which I'm going to discuss in a little bit. So what is sole proprietorship? Sole proprietorship from the word itself, meaning you are the only owner. You are the sole owner of your business. Okay. This business structure does not have a lot of protection. Okay. What do I mean by that? Should you get sued? Okay. If somebody sues you, they can go after your assets, they can go after your house, they can go after your properties because you're a sole proprietor, meaning everything is out in the open. You don't have what they call a corporate shield, which I'm going to discuss in a little bit. Okay. The next one at the bottom of that is your partnership. Okay. I hope you can see that. Okay, hold on. What happened there? Can you still see my screen? Okay, let me go back there. My bad. Here we go. Okay, there you go. Jennifer, can you see my screen? If you can hear me, uh, can you text me real quick? Yes? Okay. Let me escape here. 
Sorry, guys, having technical difficulties here. Um, cancel. Hold on. Uh. All right, guys, we'll be back in a minute. Okay, let me share your screen again. Share screen right here. Here we go, application window. Okay, here we go. Okay, here we go. Okay, so sole proprietorship is, uh, like I said, you don't have any protection, okay? So the next one is partnership. Under partnership structure, obviously you have um, you have a partner, right? So the thing with partnership is everything that you do or everything that your partner does, you're as liable as the other one, okay? So meaning if your partner messes up, then you're, you're in bed with that partner. It's like marriage, right? So if your partner does something illegal, then you're as liable as the other partner, okay? On the other uh, on the other side, if both of you does something great for the business, then you benefit. And then of course, um, whatever you, you do together in this business, if the business flourishes and makes money, you have to split it into two, obviously, because you're partners, right? Now, am I a fan of partnership? My answer is no, I'm not a fan of partnership because, um, I heard Dave Ramsey said once, uh, if you don't know Dave Ramsey, he's a, a financial advisor um, with a radio show. He said, the only ship that never sailed is a partnership. Okay, so that's kind of funny. But what I'm trying to say is if you have a partner, sometimes the other might think that they're getting the shorter end of the stick. So, but I'm not saying the partnership don't work. They can work. Okay, because sometimes I'd rather be a partner of, a 10 million partnership than be an owner of, of zero, of nothing, right? So Microsoft is another is one example of partnership, um, PayPal, right? So um, there's a lot of partnerships that work, but I'm not saying that um, all of them work. Some of them do. So it's really up to you whether you wanna go that route, okay? Um, Jennifer, can you, can you text me? On my phone, please, if you can still see the screen. I just want to make sure I'm not talking here with not anyone seeing my screen. Okay, so the next one is corporation. So under corporation, there's two types, guys. There's the C-Corp and the S-Corp. So C-Corp and S-Corp. The C corporation is the big business, okay? The, the big business meaning the Amazon, the, uh, the Ebays, you know, the, uh, the Best Buys, um, everything. These, these big companies, these are the C corporations. The thing with the C corporation is this. They have what you call double taxation. So if the C corporation, the corporation is taxed, then whatever dividends that are passed on to the members of the corporation, that will be taxed again as an individual income tax. So you don't want to be um, a huge, huge corporation unless, you know, um, it's something that really categorizes your business. Most of us in the rehab world, we will not be on the C corporation category. We will be on the S corp, okay? This is the, the uh, what do you call this? The S-Corp, which is like a, a sub of a, a corporation, okay? On the S-Corp, what it means is the money that's paid to your business is going to flow through. It's going to flow through to you, and it will be taxed, individual income tax, you know, whenever you pay yourself. That's the beauty of um, the S-Corp, 
Okay. All right. So, um, and the last one is the LLC. The LLC is limited liability uh, company. Okay. Limited liability company is also like a partnership. However, it offers what you call a corporate shield. Okay. So by the way, Corporation, S-Corp, and LLC, they do offer the corporate shield. What do I mean by that? When somebody sues your company, it means they cannot touch your personal assets, okay? They can only touch the assets of the company, okay? So let's say the company owns a company car, the company owns a building. Those are the only things that the, uh, the plaintiff or whoever sues you that those are the only things they can come after if they win against you. But your own personal house, your, your personal belongings, your, your personal car, those are untouchables. All right? Okay. Any questions so far, guys? Let me stop this sharing, and I want to know if you have any questions. Do we have any questions? Jennifer, do you see um, any questions? Okay, no questions. All right, so again, let me um, recap the four types of business entities. You have your sole proprietorship. You have your uh, partnership. You have your um, corporation, which is divided into two, which is a C-Corp and S-Corp, and then you have your um, LLC. Okay, those are the four basic entities. Okay, looks like we have some viewers, and if you have any questions, this is the time to ask your questions, guys. Please don't hesitate, because um, I'm here to help you have clarity on how to start a business and what you need to understand. All right, any questions? No questions? All right, if there are no questions, we will go ahead and jump into the three types of business models that I recommend and why. Why do I recommend them? Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and share my screen again. Share my screen. Application. There we go. And boom. Okay. Okay. Here we go. So the three types of business models that I recommend and why. Why do I recommend these three types of business models? Because they all have leverage, okay? Why is leverage important? The reason leverage is important because if you're going to start a business and you don't have leverage, then it's not a good business, okay? What do I mean by leverage? What I mean by leverage is if you can decide as an owner not to do the work and still make money, that's leverage, Okay, if you can delegate the work to another therapist, for example, and still make money off of that therapist, then that's good leverage. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that because you're also providing job to that therapist. That therapist is happy, right? Just like any other job you have right now. If you're working in a nursing home, working in a hospital, working in an outpatient setting, right? The reason they hired you is because they're hoping to profit off of your productivity. If your employer is not making a profit, they cannot keep you, okay? If they're not making a profit and they're just breaking even, then what's the point of keeping you? There's no point, right? Remember, corporations, corporate entities, okay? Their main goal of going to business is not just to serve the clients, but also to make a profit. That's why these are what you call for-profit business entities. They are not non-profit, okay? It's for-profit. So you, yourself, if you start a business, you make sure that you're making a profit. And how do you make a profit? By having leverage, okay? So here we go. The first type of business model that I would recommend, obviously, I'm biased, it's home health contracting. I'm gonna tell you why. I've been doing this for 18 years, guys. And this is my quick story, okay? I've been a PT since 98. This is, what, my uh, 23rd year as a PT. I was an employee for the first six years, from 98 to 03. 
And then in 2003, I was going to start an outpatient clinic, brick and mortar with all the building and everything. And then I decided, nope, that's high risk for me because if I don't have enough patients coming into my building, guess what? There's a huge overhead. I have to pay my rent, pay my equipments for lease or whatever, pay my receptionist, pay my therapist. That's such a high risk. I cannot take that. So I discovered home health contracting where you can start it on the side. You can keep your job right now, whatever you're doing. Or if you have a side hustle right now, you can keep that too. Whether it's cash-based telehealth, whatever you're doing, you can add this to whatever you're doing right now and make money. Start this on the side. How does it work? I'm going to tell you real quick. You basically do a contract with a home health agency as a business, not as an individual PRN, as a business. So, for example, you have, uh, let's say, New York Rehab Services, okay? New York Rehab Services is doing business with ABC Home Health, for example, okay? How does this work? ABC Home Health, whenever they have patients, they will call your company. Hey, New York Rehab Services, we have a total knee replacement. Can you see this patient? And let's say your PT did an eval. Visits were, for example, 13 visits, one week one, three week four. You bill, your company, New York Rehab Services, will bill ABC Home Health, company to company, okay? So you bill ABC Home Health, for example, $75 per visit, and then you pay your PTA, your PT assistance, a lesser amount, for example, $45 a visit, so you make a profit of $30 per assistant visit, okay? Where's the leverage there? Okay, again, I told you, leverage important. The leverage there is once you do the eval or once you hire a PRN PT to do the evaluation, you can now delegate the visit to the PTA, okay, which removes you now on the equation. If you're a PT, then you're out of the equation. Your PTA is seeing the patients. That's leverage. And then you make money. If the PTA did 11 visits at $30 per visit profit, that's $330 profit going to you. Why $30? Because you bill ABC Home Health 75, you pay the PTA 45, 75 minus 45, you make $30 from the PTA, okay? What are the advantages of home health contracting? Write this down. Number one, you don't need Medicare credentialing. So you don't have to wait around 90 days to get credential, okay? As long as your staff have licenses, PT, PTA, OT, CODA, or, or SLP, then they can work in the home health setting. Okay, you don't need credentialing. Number two, you don't bill Medicare. Okay, so if you're not billing Medicare, that means you don't deal with um, audits or rejections of claim. You don't deal with codes because you're billing the home health agency directly, okay? You're billing the home health agency directly straight up per DM. So if your contract says 75 for eval or $110 for Oasis or um, $100 for eval, whatever it is, that's what you're gonna put through an invoice you send to the agency, okay? Another thing, you don't market to doctors, okay? So who do you think is marketing to doctors? the home health agency, okay? So three things that usually causes a headache for a business is out of the window. Number one, you don't deal with Medicare, okay? Number two, you don't market to doctors, okay? Number three, you don't need credentialing for your staff. You don't have to wait, okay? And another thing that's out of the window, you don't pay benefits, you don't pay insurance, you're not obliged to pay anyone full-time because you can do this with your staff, all PRN, okay? So if those things are out the window, then it's a great business because you have leverage without the headache of those issues I just mentioned, okay? So home health contracting. If you wanna know how this works, make sure you download the free videos that I have that I normally give out go to rehabpreneur.com forward slash Mike Chua, okay? Um, we will show the link at the bottom 
Um, if not, Jennifer can, can put it in the comments or put it on the link, the bottom of this um, slide, rehabpreneur.com forward slash Mike Chua. Okay. All right. The next model is mobile Medicare Part B. Okay. This is the part where I tell you this will need credentialing because now you're billing Medicare Part B. But why do I recommend this? Because it ties up to the home health contract. What do I mean by that? Whenever your patients are no longer homebound and they get discharged from home health, but they still need therapy and they have Medicare, you can absorb those patients under mobile Medicare Part B. However, this requires credentialing with Medicare. You will now bill Medicare Part B. Okay, it's a totally separate business entity. Okay. And when you bill Medicare Part B, you can either do it on your own. I know a guy that can teach you how to do it on your own, a good friend of mine. Okay, I, I recommended the um, clients to him. Or if you want to save time, you can outsource the billing on Part B and pay eight to ten percent to a company that will do the billing for you, depending on how you want to do it. In my case, I don't want to do the billing. I'm not a biller. I outsource it if I have to. Okay. Now, although this requires credentialing, if you're patient enough to wait and get credentialed, like I said, this is a great segue from getting patients that are this that were discharged from from home health, because now you're going to absorb them on Part B. Okay. Here's the kicker. Listen up. With Part B, it's basically the same as outpatient, okay? However, you're going to do this mobile. That way, you don't have any overhead expenses. As far as I know, it follows the outpatient rules of direct supervision. What do I mean by that? You cannot send your PTA or your CODA to see a patient unless you're there within the vicinity, okay? Although there has been an exemption because of covid up until this month, January. I don't know if they're going to extend that. Whether they extend it or not, it's totally up in the air. You have to find out, okay? However, with the traditional rules of Medicare Part B, it normally requires direct supervision, meaning if you're in the same building, then your PTA can treat the patient if you're the supervising PT, for example, assisted living, right? If you have a, if you're in the assisted living facility and your PTA is there to treating a patient, then yeah, that's considered direct supervision. But if you're sending your PTA under Medicare Part B at a patient's home, okay, and the exemption does not apply anymore, then you're violating the outpatient rule of direct supervision. Okay, be very careful with that. Okay, so if for whatever reason the uh, direct supervision is not lifted after January, okay? Meaning it requires direct supervision. The way you make money on mobile Medicare Part B is some sort of percentage, okay? What do I mean by percentage? Let's say a PT or an OT goes out to see a patient for your company under Part B, okay? What you can do is have an agreement with that PT or OT that for whatever patient they see for you under your company, for example, they get 60% and you get 40% or they get 70% and you get 30% of whatever is being billed. Example, let's say the PT worked for an hour to see a patient under mobile Medicare Part B. 15 units is to one unit, right? So four units, equal to an hour, let's say based on the codes or the, uh, yeah, the codes that were used, let's say the total bill is $100. At $100 that you're going to bill Medicare Part B, if your arrangement with the PT is $70.30, then the PT gets $70 and you get to keep $30. If your arrangement is $60.40, PT gets $60, you get $40. Now, why are you getting a percentage? Because this is going to be your company, because you are providing the patient to the PT that's working for you. 
That's how it works. You cannot just give the patient and earn nothing, okay? You are actually billing under, under your company, under your Medicare company number, okay? All right, that's Mobile Medicare Part B. Now, the third segue, okay, the third business that ties up to this is wellness program, okay? What happens now? When the patient under Medicare Part B has no longer medical necessity, okay? If the patient doesn't have any more medical necessity, then you absorb the patient on a wellness program either once a week, once every two weeks, or once a month on a cash base or a yeah, cash base um, arrangement, okay? With the wellness program, you can send a PTA, a CODA, or an athletic trainer to see the patient without doctor's order because it's a wellness program. is different from going into a gym, right? So you, you, you can come up with that um, exercise plan and then keep the patient in this program, okay? So again, let's recap. Home health, mobile Medicare Part B wellness program. When the patient declines under wellness program, they decline functionally, and you think there's another medical necessity for them to be picked up under home health or Part B, then you keep the patient engaged. This is how you keep the patient in the loop, thereby taking care of the patient, depending on what program they fall into, either home health, mobile Part B, or wellness program. Does that make sense? All right. If you got any questions, um, just hang on to your questions, guys, and we will go in a short break, and we will tackle your questions. Stay with us. I'll be back in a little bit. Hello Note is a truly therapist-friendly practice management solution with integrated EMR that will enhance workflow, efficiency, and patient care. Hello Note reduces error and allows you to spend more time with your patients. It comes integrated with billing. Claims are generated once a note is completed. You can bill with one click and a patient portal, which streamlines the patient intake process. Beautifully engineered and cloud-based for easy accessibility, the software works on all platforms. You can access patient records from anywhere. We also offer 24-7 support. HelloNote is the practice management solution that you're looking for. All right, we are back. Okay. Um, Jen, can you see me? Yeah. Okay. So our, our next part of the show is how are you going to make it? Okay. If you want to start a business, what does it take to make it happen? Okay. Before I discuss with you, how are you going to make it? I will use a metaphor. I will use an analogy that you guys can remember. Okay, and it will probably stick to you. So right now, I have this guitar, okay? So starting a business is just like learning how to play the guitar, okay? At first, it's frustrating. It will sound bad, like you don't know what you're doing, right? Like, it sounds funny, right? and then your, your fingers is gonna start hurting. However, slowly, as you keep going, as you keep at it, you're gonna start making good sound. You will know the chords, right? That's D, that's A, that's G. So you will slowly adapt because you decided you wanna learn guitar until you get to a point where you start Doing this. Right? So, takes practice. And then if you're a country singer, you get to learn the, the country chords, which is basically G, and E minor, and C, and D. Right? So... There you go. All right. So I hope I made my point. Learning business is just like learning anything. All right. The number one thing is you have to make a decision. 
So that's actually the first part of the four ways or four things that you need to make it happen. So I'm going to share my screen again. All right, here we go. Share screen. Application window. And here we go. Okay. What will it take to make it make it happen? All right. If you want to start a business, what will it take to make it happen? I'm going to be very blunt with you guys on this because honestly, I'm kind of tired hearing a lot of colleagues saying, I want to start a business. I want to do this, but then do nothing with it. Okay. I hate seeing that. I hate seeing someone telling me, hey, Bert, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to have this. I want to have that. But they don't do anything. Okay. It's just a dream. Okay. If you're not going to do anything about it, then you're not different from, from someone who doesn't have a dream. Because you and that other person who doesn't have a dream are in the same spot. You're not doing anything. Right? So it's like the saying that a man who does not read is no different from a person who cannot read. Okay? What will it take to make it? Number one, you got to be decisive. Okay? You have to make a decision. What do you want to do? What do you want? Ask yourself, what do you really want? Do you want to stay as a worker? Do you want to keep working for someone until you retire at 65 or 67? Is that what you want? Ask yourself. You have to decide. What the heck do you want? Okay? A lot of people don't even know what they want. You have to decide. What do you want? I'm asking you right now. What it is do you want? Okay? What, what is it? You have to decide, do you want to be a worker or do you want to be a business owner? Here's the big difference. If you want to stay as a worker, you will always be at the mercy of the corporate world. You will always be at the mercy of an employer. You're always there waiting, waiting, waiting if they have a job for you. Okay. If you're in that situation, they don't give you a job, what normally happens? You start complaining, right? You, you, you say that, oh, my employer does not care or the corporate world does not care about me. And you start having self-pity and you start thinking, oh, poor me, poor me. Guess what? You chose to be in that situation. I told you I'm going to be very blunt. Okay. If you're a worker and you're in that situation right now, you chose to be in that situation. Nobody told you that that's where you can stay and that's it. Nobody's forcing you to stay there for the rest of your life. You have a power to decide. You got to make a decision. Are you going to freaking stay there or are you going to do something different? If you're not happy where you are right now, guess what? As a human being, you can move. You can go. You can do something. All right? I'm just tired of hearing it. Hearing, oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. But they don't do anything. All right, stop complaining, start doing. All right, you have to be decisive. You have to decide. Enough is enough. If you're sick and tired of working for someone, sick and tired of putting up with, with productivity, sick and tired of not being appreciated, yes, it's true. They don't appreciate you. Some do, but most corporate world, what they care about is the bottom line. If they don't make a profit, they can't keep you, period. Why do you think they keep pushing this productivity in the nursing homes? regardless whether it's ethical or not. And most of them are unethical, just to be honest, my own opinion, right? That's why I got out. I don't want to work in nursing home. Hell no. All right? You got to be decisive. What is it that you want? Okay? Know what you want. Make a decision. And then go for it. Okay? One example. Why did you decide to be a physical therapist? Why did you decide to be an OT, to be an SLP? Okay. From the moment you decided you wanted to be a therapist, guess what? Nobody can, can dissuade you. Nobody can go in your way and stop you, right? You made a decision. You made that decision, I'm going to be a PT. And you, you did what it, what it took to be a PT. You did what it took to be an OT. 
to be an SLP, put in your blood, sweat, and tears, student loans, right? And got it done. Why? Because you decided you are going to be a therapist. You're going to be a DPT. You're going to be a DOT or if there's such a thing or whatever. You made that decision. Okay. It's important to know what you want. Okay. All right. Number two, build momentum. Now that you've decided, okay, Bert, I want to do business. I want to do something that will provide for me and my family besides a job. You got to build momentum. How do you build momentum? You just have to start. Okay. You have to start because if you don't start, there's no way you're going to build momentum. It's like a snowball. Okay. A snowball starts getting bigger and bigger and bigger because it started rolling, right? You have to start somewhere. Just like therapy school again, PTOTSLP. You just started. You lied. You, you went for the interview. Okay. And then you got accepted. That's momentum right there. And then you got accepted and you, you started going to school. You started studying. You applied for your loan, right? That's how you built momentum. So don't lose that capability of building momentum. Right? Momentum is very, very important. If you don't move, if you don't do something, you're not going to build momentum and you're going to stay stagnant. And that's when a lot of dreams die because they're not building momentum. Okay? You don't want that. Okay? All right. Number three, you got to track your progress. Okay? How do you track your progress? Okay? You have to break down the steps to get where you want. Okay. In my example, let's say home health contract. Okay. How do you get to a point where you can now contract with home health agencies? You have to track your progress. Number one, you got to build your company. Okay. Number two, you got to have a crew. Number three, you got to get your contracts. Number four, um, you got to have your business bank account. Number five, you got to have a way to do your documentation. Number six, you got to have a way to invoice the agencies. Number seven, you, you know when to get paid. Number eight, you got to know how to pay your staff. And number nine, you got to make sure you're making a profit. And then you do it all over again. That's how you track your progress. Okay? If you don't track your progress and if you don't break down, how are you going to make it happen? Then everything is just, you know, hanging up in the cloud. There's no direction at all, all right? You didn't go to PT or OT or SLP school just saying, this is the best day of my life. I'm going to be a PT tomorrow. No, right? You had to track your progress. You were, you were tracking, okay, once I'm, I'm done with my prereqs, I'm going to go to the next. Okay, I'm going to get to the program. Once I get to the program, uh, first year, second year, third year internship, get my license and boom, got my DPT and whatnot. And now it's time to make money. You have to track your progress. What do you need to do this year, 2021, to get to your goal of having your own business, whatever business that is, okay? Look for your end goal, okay? Decide what is the end goal, right? Build momentum, okay, by knowing what to do first and then track your progress, okay? If you don't subdivide what you need to do every month, every week, every day for the rest of the year, nothing is going to happen. You have to know what's supposed to happen this week that's going to lead you into the next step to achieve your goal. All right? And the last one, guys, is build mastery. Okay? This is easy. You have to build mastery by doing the thing that you're doing again and again and again and again, okay? If it's making you money, keep doing it, okay? And then when you have extra money, you can do other, stu other stuff on the side, okay? I've started my home health contract business since 2003. I'm going 18 years now, 18 years solid. Been a PT since 98, all right? So this is my, what, 23rd year as a PT, but I, build, I built mastery, in home health contracting for the past 18 years. And this is why I can mentor colleagues, PT, OT, SLPs, PTAs, CODAs on how to do this business. Okay. I teach them the how, and then they have to execute. 
okay? Same thing with our industry. If you're a PT, OT, or SLP, okay, how do you build mastery, right, in your skills, in seeing patients? Same analogy, okay? You start doing it again and again and again, okay? You see patients, whether you like ortho, neuro, okay, or cardio or, or pelvic health, whatever it is, you just build mastery on that topic, on that subject, until you become better and better and better, right? But it starts with action, guys. You have to build mastery, okay? Again, to recap, let me go back if you're writing this down. Um, number one, you got to be decisive. Number two, you got to build momentum. Number three, you got to track your progress. And number four, you got to build mastery. Okay, so that's how you make it happen. All right, I think we got enough time for um, questions. Do we have any questions? Any questions? No? Okay. All right, if you guys are, are watching this show, I want you guys to um, replay this again if you want to learn how it is to start a business, the structures of, of, of different business entities, okay? And if you want to learn more about Home Health Contract on how to start this, feel free to download the videos. Go to rehabpreneur.com forward slash Mike Chua, okay? And if you just want to talk to me on how to, to start your, your own business and you, you need directions, feel free to text me at 972-649-9909, okay? 972-649-9909. Introduce yourself, guys. Tell me your name, where you're from, and what you're looking to do, all right? And then I'll reply personally to you. I myself will reply to you, and uh, we'll go from there. And if I can help you, good. If I cannot, then I can at least point you in the right direction of whoever can help you. Because, guys, you need help if you want to execute fast, okay? Do not reinvent the wheel. If you know someone who's been doing it for years, then this person can help you execute fast. And the name of the game is execution. In any kind of business, if you cannot execute, then, you know, what's the point, right? If you're just overthinking things and you don't execute, and then, but if you can execute with precision, step by step, that's also a good thing. Because now, let me tell you an example. The fastest record of, of someone in my um, mentorship program that was able to execute this business model used to be 45 days, okay? 45 days, it's, um, it was Anthony Evans from North Carolina. In 45 days, he got to uh, get contracts, have his crew, and start seeing patients and invoicing for their visits, okay? And then that 45 days got broken by Ryan Borgs from Louisiana, another PT. He got it done in 30 days, all right? 30 days. He got his uh, company set up, his crew, contracts, and seeing patients, all right? And guess what? Somebody just broke that 30-day record okay one of my mentees his name is francis here in texas broke it by one day in 29 days he got his own co contract he's got his company he's got his um, his crew and boom 29 days all right no overhead expenses no building to pay no rents no marketing to doctors no billing medicare all right all staff prn it's just awesome if you guys haven't heard about this, this business model, it's because not a lot of therapists doing this are sharing this. What you normally hear is about outpatient, telehealth, and all that stuff, cash base and all that stuff. Nothing wrong with those if that's what you want to do. But again, you have to look at leverage. Which business model can provide the best leverage for you, okay? And which ones are you willing to do, Okay. If you're one who don't want to use leverage and you just want to see patients yourself, then suit yourself. Hats off to you, to each his own. Okay, nothing wrong with that. But if you're one who wants to produce revenue without you doing all the work, you got to consider home health contract. Okay? Watch the videos on how to start your home health contract business. Go to the free four videos, rehabpreneur.com forward slash Mike Chua. All right. I think that will. Um, wrap up our show for tonight if you got any more questions 
I hope you guys learn from this very basic information on how to start your own business. What are the business entities? And if you don't have any plan B, please start thinking tonight. What is your plan B? What are you going to do? Should you get laid off or should you get furloughed or should the unemployment that you're on right now, you know, starts running out? What are you going to do? Okay. Think of your plan B because we all need plan B. All right. With that, I'm going to say thank you for joining me tonight. Again, this is your host, Bert Devera, here at the Home Health Contract Show inside Alternative Healthcare Career Group. We will do this again Monday night, 8.30 Central. And again, I'm going to leave you with uh, one of my favorite quotes. I keep saying this, whether you think you can or you cannot, you're absolutely right. That's by Henry Ford, the inventor of Ford Motors. And another quote that I really like is, those who don't take risk work for those who do. Those who don't want to take risk work for those who do. I hope you take risk. Good night. We'll see you again. Thank you.